Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, today we're going to talk about focus. Focus, focus, focus. You talk to a, a, a realtor, you're selling a house or you're buying a house, one of the things they'll say Location, location, location. Why? Because that's the most important thing in buying and selling houses. Location, location, a location for you. Your location may not be my location, but they'll go on and say location, location, location. For us in the kingdom, for us who are kingdom-minded, for us who are kingdom-minded are successful people. Because our mind is focused on the word. And those who are focused on the Word have success. We are successful-minded people. Our minds set on Him. That's what we're going to talk about. Because we live in a day and age. We're there. We're not going to be there. We are there. We're at the end the age, the last hour, where you don't have to look for discre- discre- distractions. They are there. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The the Amplified Bible says, looking away from those distractions unto Jesus. There's distractions we're going to fight. It's the fight of the mind. Have you ever noticed, and it's just the way it is, whatever you focus on, It gets bigger. It never gets smaller. If I'm if I'm facing facing an issue at, at the house, a, an issue, and I'm trying to figure it out, the more I focus, and I'm talking about something I really couldn't. I, it's beyond me anyway. But if I continue to focus on that issue, and focus, trying to figure out how to do it, trying to figure out how to take care of it. It's like the squirrel in the squirrel cage. Running and running, nothing's done because it's beyond me. The Bible says to cast all your care, all your anxiety, everything unto Him, for He careth for you. He doesn't want you stressed out over it. He wants you to focus in on Him. He's got the answer. You just rest because you threw that problem on Him. Now you need to say, thank you, Lord. You got it. I don't have it. I'm having a good time because I trust you. Now that sounds easy, doesn't it? Until it hits home, then you have to practice it. You say, Pastor Chuck, I haven't done too good. Keep practicing. No one's arrived yet. Now we left, the train has left the station. Come on. You say, why? I snuck, I keep keep wanting to take it back. Just keep practicing. See yourself throwing that weight, that problem on him. He can handle it. He can handle it. Turn with me to... 
Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Amen. See, the thing about it, why, why is it, why is it, <laughs> why is it that we, we have to keep focus? What, what's the, now the thing, now just think to yourself. What, why is the number one reason, what's the number one reason why we should keep our focus on Him? Because He is the Good Shepherd. He knows exactly what path you're to be on. Without looking to Him, you won't know where to go. You won't know where, what even to do. If you're on the wrong path, you've got to look to Him. He has the answers. You don't. In other words, you're not God. He is. You're not. So we have to look to Him for everything. And that's exactly what He wants to be, a Father. He wants you not stressed out. He wants you looking unto Him. And saints, it begins right here in your mind. You're going to have to let go and allow Him to shepherd you. The battle is right up here. It's, the Bible calls it the good fight of faith. Now look at this. Verse 3. You're there? Are you there? Isaiah chapter 26. It says here, You will keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. Now, in this one little verse, it is packed. It says, he will keep you in perfect peace. That word peace is shalom. We know that God is faithful. We know that God is trustworthy. We know that God will do his part. He will keep you in perfect peace. That word peace is shalom, or it's double, it's, it's shalom, shalom. It's perfect peace. In other words, it speaks of completeness. It, it speaks of wholeness. He says he'll keep you, as the believer, in perfect peace. So, we know that's a promise. Now, it's going to hinge on you. Because we know God to do His part. Now, this is our part. It's pretty simple. He says He will keep him in perfect peace. That's the promise. Whose mind is stayed on you, or stayed on the Lord. That word stay means to lean. <clears throat> it means to lean on. It means to, to lean on for support. It also speaks of rest. I can lean on this pulpit right now, what am I doing? I'm resting. 
I trust this pulpit to hold me up. I know it's kind of a lame But they'll try and get a point across. I'm trusting this. Why? Because I know, I know this will hold me. My mind is stayed on him, focused on him, because it's going to go into two, it's two things we've got to do. We've got to do something with the mind. My mind is focused on him. It stayed on him because I trust in him. So my mind's on him. I'm, I'm leaning myself on him because I trust him. Just like I cast my cares upon him, all my care, all my anxiety, because I trust in him to take care of it. I'm leaning on Him. When I'm working around the house, I do a lot of work. I just don't, Mark, I just don't take naps. I, I'm, Jason, I, just, I don't take naps. 99% of the time, I don't take naps. There is that 1%. <laughs> but I'll be working around the house, and, and I'll, I, you know, it, I call it tea time. There's this tea time. I need to take a break. I'm serious. I do have a tea time at 2 o'clock. So if you come to my house at 2 o'clock, more than likely I will be having tea time. So I'm working in a, around the house, and it comes close to 2 o'clock. And usually I'm, I, I could use tea time. So I, I get in my, well, I haven't got it out yet, but I, I'm in, I need to get it. Probably need, I will, it, it's that time of season to get it out. It's called a gravity chair. You lean back in that thing. It's a rest. I mean complete rest. Now, I do have to watch that because I will fall asleep in it. And I try to do that. Well, I'm not going to go any more with that. But I, I could get in that thing and I could. It's gravity. It's like floating in air. It's like on clouds. I'm resting. That's what God wants us to do in Him. Put our trust in Him and rest. Rest your mind. Rest your thinking on Him. But here, here's the deal. So that's two parts. They intertwine. The enemy will try to divide those two things. In other words, he will get into your mind. That's where the battle's at. With distractions. He does not want you leaning. He does not want your mind leaning, trusting on God. The only thing He can do is to bring a division or get you in the, into a state of double-mindedness. We are to be single-minded. <clears throat> Our minds are to be stayed unmovable. This is the battle. I, I, I'll tell you right now, it is a battle to keep your mind focused on the Word. Peter did just fine when he stepped out of the boat, remember? On the Word, come. 
He stepped out on the boat, did the supernatural. In other words, did what the Word said to do. Jesus said, come. So He did exactly that. He did just fine, didn't He? He did the supernatural until He saw something else. Something else began to talk to Him. What's the devil trying to do? He'd get in your mind to choke the Word. It's all about the Word. If He can put a division between you and God to break that trust and get you on another, focused on something. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen, I, don't, I haven't seen this in a while. These I don't know what you call them, lion tamers. I guess it's in a circus, maybe. You see this guy in a cage with these lions. I don't know if they do that anymore or not. But, they, but this, I mean, I, last time I saw that, the guy was no bigger than me. He, you know, 150, 160 pounds. But basically he had three things. He had a stool. He had a, a pistol on his side and a whoop. But his main tool, get this, wasn't the whoop, it wasn't the, the pistol, it was the stool. You get that? Now look at this. He takes the stool. Now this lion is not a kitty cat. This dude is 400 pounds. It's a male lion. They get to be pretty size. But he's got that lion sitting on a stool. He takes the stool, which has four legs on it, and he takes that stool up to the lion, right? And he kind of pushes it right in his face. And he keeps that stool there for most of the time. Why would he do that? Because that lion will focus on the stool. He will focus on all four of those legs. Let me say it this way. He will attempt to focus on all four of those legs. He can't do it. But he will try and try and try. He'll continue to try because he's not focused on the trainer. He's focused on the stool. Other words, that lion can't be who he is. He's a king of the jungle. I mean, he could rip the guy apart in seconds. But he can't do it. Why? Distractions. The lion is overwhelmed by a simple stool because he's trying to focus on something that he can't even focus on. He's divided. He can't even figure it out, but he continues to focus on it because he's trying to figure it out. That's exactly the same way the devil does to us. He tries to get us to focus on something else, get us off the Word, and, before, and if, we, if we continue to focus on it, before you know it, we're doing things we shouldn't be doing. Other words, that, tr that lion trainer will, will have that lion to jump through hoops 
go back around, jump through a flaming ring, then tell the lion to sit back down and be a good boy. All because the lion's not focused. He's no longer a lion. Saints, as Christians, we are to be bold as a lion. As a Christian, our faith should be strong. It's designed. We just don't have anyone's faith. We've got the same faith that Jesus had. But if the, if the enemy gets you distracted, he'll tame you just like the trainer tamed the lion. The enemy will tame you. Your faith will be so overwhelmed because you're distracted, no longer focused. So you got to remember his tactics. The first thing the devil did when, when, he, when he rebelled against God was division. He took a third of the angels with him. He divides. And he wants to come between you and God. He wants to divide you. He wants to separate you like he did Peter, to sift you. Saints, we've got to keep our focus, focus, focus on him. It's a simple message, but I'm telling you, it's... it's now, here's the thing. If you're not in focus, you can refocus. It's a simple adjustment. We are to walk by faith, not by sight, not by feelings, not by what's going on in the news. I mean, I don't, I don't bury my head in the sand, but, but I, I, don't, I don't wake up the first thing in the morning and say, well, I wonder what's on the news today. I don't even cross my mind. Yeah. Why? Because that's not my focus. <clears throat> if a pilot was to ask me, Chuck, let's go out, let's go out for an airplane ride. Let's go, let's, let's take the train, <laughs> the train. I love trains. I'm train-minded. Let's take the plane. My brother's a pilot. He's, he's an instructor. He's been doing it for 25 years, 30 years. I don't know. He, tell, he can tell you some stories, some funny and some... Uh, well, he tells this story. <clears throat> anyway, go, let me go back before I get to that. If a pilot was asked me, let's go for a flight, and if, he's, if he says this, we're going to take the, the plane for a spin, and we're just going to use markers. We're going to, go, we're going to fly by sight of, of markers, if I'm not, I'm not saying that right. Landmarkers. I'm going to say no thank you, because I don't want you flying by landmarkers. Now, you may point something out to me, but I don't want you flying me around, and you're basing everything off those markers. I want you fully qualified to look at your instruments. I don't want this, I don't know where we're at, and I'm in there with you. <laughs> My brother tells a story. He did that. He, of course, he's by himself. You, so you, you take the plane up, and you kind of circle around. You know, this is Honeyburg. It's not that many cities, okay? Honeyburg, you got Jasper, and you got Standale, and some of the little... But somehow he got a little too far out and he lost his markers. 
And he got to the point where he wasn't no longer looking for the airport. He's looking for a place to land, to land the thing. By the grace of God, he finally found the airport. But the tank was on E. What, am I, what are you saying, Chuck? I'm saying we don't go by sight. We don't go by feelings. And that's exactly what the enemy would try to do. He tried to get you off. <laughs> he's, a, he's an expert at it. He is an expert at it. So we're to keep our focus on him. I don't care what it looks like. He is our focus. So if I'm going to get in a plane, you're going to be fully qualified with your instrument. I'm not going to be like the guy who flew into Cincinnati. And this is a true story. He flew into Cincinnati. Of course, I heard this from my brother. He thought he was flying into Louisville. And not only does he think it, he's, he's having a heated discussion with the traffic controller. The guy is nuts. My brother said the guy was in deep water. In other words, grounded by the FAA, what they call it. That plane wasn't moving. He got on the ground and my brother said that plane stayed there. All because going by sight. Saints, we got this. A lamp to our feet, a light to our path, right here. This is our focus. Well, Pastor Chuck, how do I keep focused? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm not going to go real long today. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. Usually we would go to, or I would go to uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it's, you know, it talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We know that scripture, right? Be transformed by the renewing of the your mind that you may know the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Hallelujah. We know that that's not a one-time event. It's ongoing. We, there has to be a, a renewal of the mind. Well, in verse, I mean, chapter 4, um, in verse 23, are you there? It says, actually, let's just back it up to verse 22. It says that you put off, now here, let's go ahead and read it, that you may put off concerning the former conduct, the old man. Now, the old man we know is, 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 is nailed to the cross. Your old man, the old nature, is done, has been done away with. But there's old habits. There's old, there's residue left over. The old way of thinking, the old way of doing things, you have to break those patterns. You have to, you have to break away from that. Old habits. Uh, let me go on here. 
In verse 23, it says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 24, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So in other words, it's kind of like the prisoner. Have you ever seen a prisoner being released? Well, you probably haven't, but on TV. You see a prisoner released from, from jail. He doesn't have the old clothes on, does he? Those prison clothes have been removed. He's now, he comes out of prison with a new set. He's no longer in prison clothes. Not only that, but he has a, a new attitude. In other words, I'm free. I'm no longer in prison, but free. So saints, we're free in Christ Jesus. We're free. We're a new creation in Him, the righteousness of God. In Him, the hope of glory. He's in us. So we're to put that on, but I want to really focus on verse 23. It says, be renewed. The, 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 listen to this. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, he's not talking about, he's not, I mean, he's not so much talking about your spirit, man. He's not so much talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about attitude. Now, I want to read this out of the Amplified Bible. It says, be constantly renewed. You get that? Be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Other words, it's more than just memorizing a couple of verses. Saints, we have to meditate on those verses to the point that they start to affect your attitude. Oh, Pastor Chuck, I know a bunch of verses. I know about the verses about healing. I know the verses about prosperity. Okay, here's my question. Have you meditated on those long enough to affect your attitude? Get this. Now, you've heard this before. Your attitude determines your altitude. Here again is an example about a plane. If I got in a plane and I left Evansville, Evansville Airport and they, the traffic controller told me to, to climb to 10,000 feet and I'm going to California, I will have to make, before I get to California, I guarantee you, I will have to make an adjustment in my altitude. If not, I will be paying a visit to Rocky Top. 
a very personal visit. There's always adjustments. Not only is there adjustments in, in, in flight in, in your vehicle in degrees left or right, but there's adjustments in our spiritual walk with the Lord with our attitude because it's going to determine your altitude. Kenneth Hagin tells this story. He went, he went on the road. I'm paraphrasing this, but he went on the road evangelizing but after so many months, I don't know, it might have been a year, two years, I don't, probably not that long, but he wasn't, he came to the conclusion, he wasn't doing too good financially. He told the Lord, he Lord, hey, I'm not eating good off the land. I'm not, I, I, prosperity, we're, we're, we're not even thriving, we're not thriving, we're just trying to survive. And he asked the Lord about this. And the Lord told him this, now get this, he goes, he, the Lord told him, you're obedient, but your attitude, you're not willing. The Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. That word willingness is speaking of attitude. When I turned 10, and it, I can tell you the date, April 22nd. Mine's sharp. April 22nd, 1969, I turned 10. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's when I thought I was a man. <clears throat> from the ages from 10 to 14, I thought I, th I have arrived. And I don't know why. I, don't, I just had that charisma. My dad, I, I was 10 years old. And I was in, the, they call it the, the brickyard, and there's a pile of rock, and I was picking out certain rocks. I like rocks, and I like certain ones. You know, you heard geodes, you know, you get some geodes, you could crack them open, those crystals and stuff. I was looking for some geodes and some nice rocks, but the, the rocks I didn't like, I gave them a pitch into the yard. If I, I recall, I believe that's what I was doing. <clears throat> But dad told me to stop doing that. But I kept doing that. And he told me two or three times to stop doing that. And I kept doing that. Finally, dad said, go up to the house, you're done. What's the problem? Attitude. And it didn't stop there. I kept going. I mean, it wasn't long after that. My mom told me to take out the trash. We had the trash and we had the scraps. The scraps go to the dog and the trash we burn. This is back in the day. This is back in Southern Pike. I didn't live in Northern Pike like Pastor Mark. That's high society. I lived in the, the, lower, the lower part. But we burnt our trash. Anyway... I told my mom, am I the only one that does this? Is it my job to take the trash out? Is it my job? Why is it that I'm always doing this? Attitude. You know what? And I still have issues with it. 
not the trash, not the scraps. We don't. There's two things that really bug me. I don't want to get too far off the message here, but there's two things that really bug me. I don't like to wait for food. I, had add to, I have an attitude problem with that. And I don't like to put things together without a photograph. If I don't have a photograph, a picture of the end result, I have issues. We got a, what was it, a stump grinder? Long story. Anyway, I put in a stump grinder together. It came in a box. It had no picture on it, so I didn't think that much about it. I opened up the box, and you had to put some of the parts together. So I was putting parts, some of the parts together, and I had some issues with it. I was running into some problems. And I couldn't find a photograph. I couldn't find a picture of it. So I got the manual out. It's come down to that. I got the manual out. <laughs> and I started to look, and I still couldn't really find a good picture of it. That's when I started to complain. Well, Joanne knows about it. I started to complain. And I heard a still small voice say, yes. This is what got the children of Israel in trouble. Complaining, griping, because I was no longer focused. How the enemy gets you off. Joshua and Kayla had no issues. Have you did you ever ever see the place where they complained? You won't find it. Think about it. They waited 45 years to get into the promised land. They did not complain. Their attitude was flying high in altitude. Not one time did they complain. And it says here, be constantly renewed. Why? Because your mind needs it. Your mind needs a constant, fresh injection of the Word. Daily. Daily, it needs to be refreshed. Amen. That word, well, let me look at it. I got it written down. The, King, uh, the Amplified Bible says refreshed. <clears throat> but it says the, the word, re, um, be constantly renewed. The New King James says renewed. So the, this is the word renewed means to be youthful, fresh, made new, vigorous, he wants your attitude to be vigorous, renewed, refreshed, according to what the Word says. And it ha it, it only, the only way it's going to happen is keeping our minds stayed on Him, which is looking unto the Word. I have to keep my mind afresh. I can tell... When I'm not spending the time in the Word, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I can, it, when, I, when, the, when I go a day, two days, not really getting into the Word like I should, I can tell in my attitude, a little grumpier. I know it's hard to believe, but a little grumpier. And I'll start complaining. And I got to say, hey, hold it. That's not the attitude. I have to do just like Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin, 
had, so the Lord told him, you're, 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 you're not willing. So what Kenneth Hagin do? He said, I got willing, I got willing real fast. You can refocus quickly. You can refresh your mind quickly. You just got to stay with it. This is not a one-time event. I'm not saying, you know, if we're just living in the day, we've got to keep the word before us. We've got to be refreshed continually. Don't ever think that you don't need it. You need it. Now turn with me to, to Isaiah. Uh, not, excuse me. Uh, yeah, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. And I'm talking about being single-minded, having an attitude. Your attitude will go a long ways. It, it'll get you to another level. We all, we all speak of, we all want to increase, don't we? But if our attitude isn't changing, then how is God going to do? He's faithful to do His part, but He's waiting for us to get our minds in line with His Word, focused in on Him, to have an attitude. See, let's get this. We are to serve the Lord with gladness. You know, God expects that. Gladness of heart, coming into His presence with singing. Even when you're giving, God expects you to give joyfully. There, we, ought to be, we should be, ought to be the most joyful people around. And Well, it's raining. It's, it doesn't matter. We go by the Word. Now, this guy... Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. This guy is a focused, this guy is focused. This guy is expecting. This guy is looking. He's seeking God. This is a this is what I'm talking about. This is a perfect example for us. It says, But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. This person is seeking. This person is being refreshed. This person has a great expectancy because he, that word wait, it means to be intertwined. He's waiting on the Lord. On the, is he, in other words, listen, it doesn't mean to be passive. He's active. We have to be active. Not passive, not looking at what the enemy is doing. We got to be passive. We, we got to be looking unto him. This person is active in his faith. He's active. His hopes alive is alive. He has an expectancy. He's being he's intertwined. Oh, Jesus talked about the vine and the branches intertwining. I have a grape harbor, and I can look up in that in that in in, in the canopy. And I can't tell where the vine is or where the branches. They all look the same. That's exactly how it should look in our Christian life. The vine and the branches are one. When we, when we look to the Lord, we look to His Word, we intertwine with His Word, we become one with Him. We are one with Him spiritually. We are one. But I'm talking about in the renewing of your mind. This has to be done daily. 
There has to be a freshness every single day. This person, those who wait, that's us, those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Here, and here's the results. Here's, here's what you can expect from, from you waiting on the Lord, intertwining yourself with Him, becoming one with Him in His words. You can expect this. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be exhausted. Come on. They shall walk and not faint. Why? All because they took the time to intertwine with the Lord, to become one with Him in the mind, the soul. See, the mind and the soul is our job to renew. The spirit man is complete in Christ Jesus, but your mind has to be, you're going to, have to do something with it. The mind can be very flaky. If it's not renewed, it'll, it'll decide with the flesh. It, in other words, your soul is the gate. It either swing to the spirit man or it'll swing to the flesh. You've got to keep that gate door hanging to the spirit man, allowing the spirit man to dominate you. But if, if your mind isn't renewed, then it's nothing for the enemy to get you sidetracked. In other words, Bible calls it double-minded. It, it's, it, it, for the, if you're not in your word, you're easy prey. It won't take much to get you sidetracked. We can't be like the lion who's trying to focus on, on four on, on obstacles. We, we don't want and now if you have trouble, if you have trouble in your pathway, speak to the mountain. Tell it where to go. Cast into the sea. Believe and speak. If, you, if the fig tree shows up in your pathway, you speak to it. But I'm talking about issues, problems that you need to be casting on the Lord. That's something else. You're not to be carrying that stuff. You're to cast that onto Him. He cares for you. So we've got to change our attitudes, our, 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 our way of thinking, and get them in line with Him. See, one thing about it, we, we just have to refocus. When we take communion, which we're going to get ready to do, I like to have the brothers come head up. That's probably a good place to land. What we got, well, see, one thing about, about taking communion is it helps you to refocus. When I take communion, I put myself in remembrance of what he did. Not what I did, what he did through his, through his death. His, the Bible says the chastisement for our peace was upon him. Peace. He paid for that shalom. We ought to be walking in wholeness. We ought to be walking in peace. The price has been paid for. But you're going to have your mind renewed to what the Word says about you. I know it's nothing new, but the enemy's out to sidetrack you. He's out to get you off track. 
And let me read this. I'm going to read out Matthew. I got it written down here. Matthew 26. 26. It says, As they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The disciples knew exactly what he meant when he said, Take, eat, this is my body. What Jesus is saying, take, eat, this is my body. He said, take my life. Take the God kind of life, the Zoe life. Take my wholeness. Take my shalom. Take. And as we, and we're going to do that. We're going to take and we're going to release our faith. If you need healing, you need deliverance, believe God. In other words, see yourself healed. And I've said this before, words, well, they do, they transmit image. When I see a picture, like I was trying to put together that stump grinder, picture, I pictured, I had to have a picture of that. Why? Because it tells me the completed end. When Jesus said, by his stripes you were healed, you ought to be so meditated in the word that you won't accept nothing else but that. You're, you're so much. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. That ought to be so real to you. That, that ought to be a picture in your mind. In other words, you have an attitude. Faith has an attitude. I have what I say. I see it on the inside of me. Words. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother lesson. But see yourself healed. See it. It's already been paid for. When you take the bread, it was broken. His body was broken for you. Take it. Release your faith. Take it. You need deliverance. Take it. Prosperity. Take it. It's all bought and paid. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.